So Vegas is rarely wrong. And since the Trojans are still two touchdown favorites heading into Saturday's game against Washington State, it must be a given that they're going to win. The only question is, by how much? Then why do some have USC on upset alert this weekend? That's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. And I thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. I'm enjoying it. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot, a lot more than you know. And you can always follow me at Twitter at Mark Culkin. All right. So why are the Trojans on upset alert? Should they be? Well, maybe the wise guys in Vegas haven't gotten Lincoln Riley's super secret uh, injury report that he spoke about Thursday morning after practice. Uh, Nevertheless, the Trojans are still uh, 13-point favorites, despite the fact that team captain and starting weak side linebacker Shane Lee, uh, he's been in a protective protective cast and a sling uh, since I know since at least Wednesday because that's when we saw it and again on Thursday uh, Lincoln Riley addressed that with the media through his weekly Zoom call Um, allegedly you know Shane Lee played with this injury uh, late in the game last week against Arizona State Um, so it's still unreported what the what the exact injury is. Nevertheless, uh, he got, quote, he got banged up in the game last week. We expect him to be fully available, end quote. We'll see. Um, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see. If he did play with the injury last week and they're just having him uh, in a protective sling and cast, I guess he'll be uh, joining the, the group of players who uh, were wearing yellow jerseys this week during practice. I didn't notice Shane in a yellow jersey on Tuesday. Just throwing that out there. Um, So maybe it was a late diagnosis. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, benefit of the doubt, he's going to be playing on Saturday. And that's a a good thing, right? If not, uh, I I think Raylan Goforth is is the next man up. If not, uh, Sue VC Nomura, he's also going to be available. You got Rajon Davis. Uh, we'll we'll see what the uh, rotation looks like, regardless, Shane Lee or without Shane Lee. Uh, but that's not the only uh, injury update that Lincoln addressed uh, this morning, Thursday. You're watching this first thing Friday. Uh, USC wide receiver Terrell Bynum transfer from University of Washington. And starting right guard Justin Dietrich are both game time decisions, as well as uh, he did say that tight end Lake McCree, uh, he's probably good to go. Now, um, I guess the point of bringing up these injuries right now is we're 
pretty much at the halfway point of the season, game six, Saturday, Washington State. Uh, USC's looking to go 6-0. and uh, Is depth, is it starting to uh, rear its head through the injury wound, so to speak? And there's a, there's a visual for you. Um, look, <clears throat> I think uh, wide receiver, that room is, is, <clears throat> is definitely a position that can absorb some injuries. Uh, look, I, I'm not wishing, I'm not, you know, not wishing for any injuries there. I'm definitely not devaluing their role, um, but there's a lot more players um, in that room who can, who can step up and, and play if Bynum isn't able to go. Um, and when you compare that to the O-line, O-line has numbers, but they might not have the same type of depth that can give you the production that the wide receiver room can can provide. You know, uh, Bynum, you know, he could be replaced by uh, Kyle Ford. Uh, Kyron Hudson started to pop last week. He got his first touchdown. He had a couple of big receptions. Uh, he, those two can go along with Brendan Rice if you need that big-bodied receiver to replace, uh, to help fill in for the for the reps that uh, Brendan Rice, excuse me, that Terrell Bynum was offering. So with Justin Dietrich, um, there's a there's a reason why he's first string, and no offense to Gino or anybody else who's backing up Justin, but there's a there's a drop off there, and you know, Justin, he was he's actually been playing with his injury now for, for a few weeks. He didn't play last week. Um, I, I saw him working out uh, the two days when we were at practice. I have a feeling he's going to give it a go, I'm hoping that uh, they don't need him. One more week, I think, would do Big Daddy a world of justice heading into uh, Utah next week when... Look, I'm not trying to uh, downplay Washington State, but USC at home should be able to uh, to get by without Justin one more week. We'll see. I'm not the coach, and they get to make the player uh, evaluations. Uh, one thing, going back to the wide receivers, you know, when we spoke to Lincoln uh, on Thursday, he 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 mentioned that the the importance of the blocking. And he said, well, if any offensive player other than, other than the quarterback isn't blocking, they're not going to be on the field. So whomever is going to uh, to want to do the dirty work, that's going to be – those are who you – those will be the receivers you see in the rotation. Obviously, blocking goes without question at the offensive line. If you're not blocking, you're not playing there. And uh, running backs and tight ends, they know what their rules are. So uh, it's just – the point being is, uh, if you want to play wide receiver and, and break into that rotation, you better uh, you better have your blocking chops going for you. And again, you know, we mentioned Lake McCree at tight end. Again, that that's another position group that um, just because I don't, I don't think it's really been at least in the passing game that hasn't been fully integrated into the into the full game plan yet. Um, if Lake McCree isn't available, you still have Malcolm Epps. Uh, you still have, um, oh gosh, why isn't Josh Fallow? I don't know why his name is escaping me. <laughs> He's only been around for what, six, seven years, five years. Uh, but again, I think they'll, they can get by uh, tight end wise. And, and Ethan, 
Ethan Ray, I think, is starting to get back into the fold as well. He's no longer wearing a scout team jersey. So we'll see. See how that goes. Um, the other position that's been uh, that depth is, is taking it could be an issue. Um, everyone knows Romello Height is gone for the season uh, with a shoulder injury. So that 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 position is thin. You've got Corey Foreman, Solomon Bird, and essentially Julian Simon, who are going to have to keep the production up there. And I think for the most part, Corey Foreman last week started to show Solomon Bird. We know what he's willing and capable of doing. And Julian Simon is going to be the third guy up. So outside of rush end and offensive line, I think for the most part, and I guess if you want to throw the linebackers in there, um, if Shane Lee's available, according to Lincoln Riley, I, I haven't put them on the uh, on red alert. So far, they're only on yellow alert, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I think relatively of those two position groups, they're, they're healthy. So, again, just I, I, O-line, they have the numbers that can absorb an injury or two. You don't want it at certain, you know, key spots. Um but again, the production, there's a reason you have your ones and then you have your backups. They're, they're pushing Justin to play only if he can uh, because they need him, especially against this, against this Washington State defense. Uh, they're fast and they get into the backfield and they can create some chaos. So you want your best guys out there, but you need your guys healthy enough to perform. So that's really, that's going to be key. <clears throat> um, so there you go. There's your injury update. Some comments from Lincoln Riley. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Personally, I would hold Justin Dietrich out, but again, that's not up to me. I think wide receiver, they're probably going to give Terrell Bynum another week off only because they can, they have the numbers. And look, USC is still... Vegas isn't moving that line. At least nobody is putting money on Washington State. So somebody knows something. I'm trying to figure out why uh, people are considering this game a, a possible upset for USC. People like the underdog sometimes. Maybe that's the play. What you can do is head on over to underdog.com, um, excuse me, underdog fantasy, um, because they are the easiest place to uh, spice up your college football season. And I really do want to emphasize easy. Um, you can go over there and you can you know, pick your team or another team players, and you can do a bunch of over-under type of things. They're, they're like prop bets you would see uh, in Vegas during Super Bowl weekend. For instance, uh, if Caleb Williams was up there, you could say he's going to go over 250 yards uh, through the air. And he can do that in the first half or he'll do that you know, by the third quarter, those types of things. Um, will Travis Dye have X amount of running yards? So head on over to uh, Underdog Fantasy. They're easy to play. They're available in over 30 states. You can pick between two and five players across any team, not just your own team, and then decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with promo code Locked On. that's one word, an underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. 
Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or your Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. One word. Get in the college football pick'em action today. All right. So, is there a reason why uh, anyone would consider USC uh, should be on upset alert? I mean, they shouldn't be looking ahead, right? Wazoo, they're four and one coming into this game. They literally gave their that game away to the Ducks, or they'd be five and zero right now. Um. So I I. I promise you that uh, they have USC's attention. Lincoln Riley, um, Alex Grinch on the defense, uh, Josh Henson, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, the entire coaching staff has their players' attention for this game. And they need to uh, because Washington State, uh, they have – they have a, the type of player at quarterback. Uh, we've been talking about this you know, throughout the week that gives USC defenses fits throughout their history. Uh, Cameron Ward, he's a transfer from Incarnate Word. Um, he is one of those super elusive uh, quarterbacks that when he's throwing uh, to the right team, he's in a complete 68% of his throws. Again, when he's throwing to his own players. When he's not, his 13 touchdowns that he's thrown on the year so far, uh, those things are getting balanced out by his seven interceptions that he's thrown. That's not a good ratio. Yeah, he's got more touchdowns to INTs, but you don't want it to be, uh, you know, basically two to one. You'd you'd like to have it more like four to one. (laughs) Um, And when you consider the fact that USC as a team has 15 takeaways and 12 of those are interceptions. Um, maybe that's why USC is still a two touchdown favorite, according to the guys who uh, set the set the lines. Makes sense, right? If Washington State is averaging two and a half turnovers a game, and USC is averaging three takeaways a game, you're gonna you're gonna go with those trends. Another reason why USC uh, isn't looking past Washington State, uh, they know they got Utah coming up, and um, the Cougars can score 30 to 31 points a game. So they have to be ready to play. Uh, Utah will be there next week, but if they want to be 6-0 and they want that game to mean something, which I think everybody's anticipating, uh, they gotta they gotta focus on on Washington State. They can't coog this game, so to speak, um, because Washington State is a, is a team that can jump up and, and win this game. They don't do it often in LA. Um, they've got I don't know what is it six wins in their whole time traveling to to Los Angeles. It's not very good. I should know that number off the top of my head, but they haven't won very frequently in the city of LA. So let's you know let's talk about some of the reasons why would the players be looking ahead? Looking ahead. Um, well, one, um, they they remember. Well, they're they're human. You know they're they're coming off a uh, a game against Arizona State that um, 
don't know, they didn't perform as well and they know that they they can turn it on in the second half. You don't want that mindset, but again, you're talking about college players, so anything can happen. Um, they, that, and maybe that's what happened against when they played Arizona State. You know, they saw their record, they were one and three. Um, you know, they hear stuff. There's, there's a lot of voices in their head and maybe they were focused on Washington State this week. I doubt it, but for whatever reason, you know, coming off that Oregon State game, um, again, very physical, uh, took a lot out of them, and then to come back, they had practice that week leading up to Arizona State. Uh, maybe they just weren't ready to go. We're hoping that uh, that doesn't happen two weeks in a row. Um, you know, Lincoln, when we spoke to him, uh, after practice Thursday via Zoom, um, he he talks about letting the letting the players lead, but at the same time, it's important that the uh, that their message be the same as his message. Uh, you can't have too many guys saying different things. Um, and he, he brought up Travis Dye. You know, Travis Dye, he, he said, number one, he didn't just come to USC to, to become a better running back, which could have been really easy, you know, with one year to go. But he, he came to make USC a better program. And uh, then he went on to say how much the, the team respects Travis for doing that, not just being the, the running back he is, but uh, for making USC a better program. Um, so when he talks, I, I think... That that means Lincoln trusts him. He got he and he knows that he's going to convey the same message that Lincoln's trying to get across. And if you if you have too many players trying to to be a leader, which is great, you want that. Um, but if the message isn't coming across the same way, that's on the coaching staff. And Lincoln said that's on him to make sure uh, that the same message is coming across, uh, so the players aren't getting confused. Um, and I asked him after, you know, at the very end, when he was talking about the leadership on and off the field, um, is there a point where, you know, does he does does he give some latitude to to let the players kind of lead from that, and does he have to kind of dial it back? There was a at practice one day this one of the practices during uh, this week. There was a little. Um, dust up between offensive line and defensive line. And I, I was hoping that uh, he would, he, he knew where I was coming from. And I think he did because there's a point where you kind of have to let those things go before you break it up. So the players can get it out of their system. Uh, and you just, you have to know where that point is. So that's where he said that it's up to him uh, to make sure that the team knows um, when it's time to, you know, kind of step up, um, and if it means an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman not being taken advantage of and making sure that they stand their ground, um, you have to know as a coach when to let the players decide when it's over. The coaches can't always be the, uh, the, the, the mediator. They can't be the referee. The players have to know when to do that. So uh, he said, absolutely. Um, there's a there's a point when the when the coaching staff, you know, he trusts guys. He Lincoln talked about trusting Clay McGuire because he's been in the foxhole with him. 
this team is still learning and the coaching staff is still learning which guys they can trust in the foxhole, so to speak. I thought it was a, I thought it was an interesting point, and you can go, you can go get the context of that all. Head on over to YouTube, um, USC Athletic site or WeRSC.com. We've got the video up there for you. Uh, interesting comments from Coach Lincoln Riley regarding injuries, leadership, and uh, what was, you know, the, the challenges that Washington State and USC uh, will face against each other this weekend when uh, when they face each other. Okay, uh, last segment of the week. I'm going to give you my offensive players of the game, who I forecast will be defensive players of the game. And uh, that's going to be it for this, for this week. So here we go. Uh, this is who I think will be the offensive players. Caleb Williams, that's a given, right? Um, I think he's going to have back-to-back 300-yard games. Last week against... Arizona State, he had his highest single-game performance yard-wise, as well as completions. Uh, he had 347 yards. Washington State, um, uh, yeah, they're not good against the pass. Their their pass defense is, like I think, 116th. So they will give up the yards. I can see Travis going well over 300 yards through the air again. Now, um, the Cougars run defense is they rank 19th nationally. They give up uh, less than 95 yards a game. That's pretty good. Um, here's some other numbers. I think I these bear repeating. The most the most obvious number to look for um, to look at in this game is USC's third down conversion percentage. Uh, typically, an offense in rhythm will generate third and short situations, and converting those consistently, um, converting those consistently turns into a big number. Uh, Eric McKinney has put together these numbers for you in a story. You can hit, read that over there at wrc.com. USC's third down conversion rate is sitting at 55% right now. That's good for number five in the country. It's also a number that would be best. It's also a number that would best the 55% third down conversion uh, that USC posted in 2005. And we know that offense was pretty good. And then Alabama's 2020 offense posted the best college football has ever seen at 58.9% of their third down conversions. Now, uh, USC's offense has faced 58 such short yardage situations. First and goal from the five or closer or second, third or fourth down, and four yards or fewer to gain. So that's the definition of short yardage situations, and USC has faced 58 of those. 58 times this year, the Trojans have faced those short yardage situations, and USC has scored a touchdown. A, kicked a field goal, or eventually gained a first down every single time. Okay, that's efficient. Uh, so if you're if you're looking at uh, effectiveness, that's 100% efficiency in third down short yardage situations. Washington State's defense only allows 32 down. Excuse me, 32% of their third down 
conversions when their opponents are faced with that attempt. Something's going to have to give, right? I know that's a lot of numbers I just threw at you. USC is really good in short yardage and really good on third down on offense. Washington State is really good. Their defense is really good stopping the opponent when they're trying to convert third down. Something's going to have to give. I'm going with USC and all their weapons. Um, you, you look at the run game again. I think uh, I, I think Travis Dye is going to bust out for at least 150 yards in this game. Last week he was held below 100. First time uh, in four games that had happened, he had gone over 100 in the three previous. I think Taj Washington is going to be the wide receiver on offense to have a big game. I'm just going out on a flyer there. Uh, Riley went out of his way to mention Lincoln uh, in the Zoom call as well. So on defense, I'm going with Tuli Tuiapolotu. I know picking fruit from the from the low branches here, but I think he's going to end up with a couple of sacks and a uh, maybe a pass breakup there at the line of scrimmage. Again, USC. Uh, they're up there, top five in the nation with 19 sacks on the year. They're going to add to that number. Uh, takeaways, you're going to get at least two more. I've got Damani Jackson. His hands are going to work. And Kalen Bullock, he's going to go back-to-back -back games with a pick. And just because I'm not sure how much Shane Lee will be available, I think Raylan Goforth is going to have a big game. He's going to step up. He's going to play for Shane Lee, and he's going to lead the linebackers with tackles in the game. Final score, I've got USC 50, Washington State 27. I think Washington State will hang around for a while. Alex Grinch and that defense will make the adjustments. And, um, again, it's going to come down to USC's defense getting those takeaways, creating pressure, and forcing uh, Cameron Ward to make some mistakes. I don't think Washington State is going to be able to keep up uh, with USC's offense. So there you go. USC wins. They're going to head to Utah 6-0. We're at the end of the week. Five. That's five days. We will be back again next week with another five episodes because that's what Locked On USC does for you. And again, when you're done making us your first listen, head on over to WeRSC.com. We've got a free one-week uh, VIP trial for you go check it out and then uh, we're going to review this game next week see you then